ladies and gentlemen, from Chicago, Illinois, introducing first, Hank 312, and his partner in crime, the incidental nerd, together they are, rustling talk and randomness, and this is, let's talk everybody to episode three of WTAR presents let's talk about wrestling it's your boy hey 312 on the twitter machine and incidental nerds here as well how's it going guys oh awkward anyway don't edit it out keep it anyway this week or i don't know today we are joined by the voice of chicago wrestling my main man your main man kirby alexander Hello, Russell Verse. How you doing out there tonight? What's up, Kirby? Thank you for joining us, man. Uh, we've we've been talking about this for a while now, and we uh, finally got it to uh, fruition. Yeah, as soon as I saw you guys, uh, the idea. Uh, I'm a large person. If you've ever seen me before, uh, not that that makes a difference, but I like to eat. I got that way by eating, and uh, <laughs> they said they were eating tacos, talking about wrestling. I was like, uh, I'm in. Uh, I'm over here. Uh, me. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, you guys reached out right away, and yeah. uh, we made it happen. I, I think I took a vacation in between, did. so we didn't make it happen when we wanted to. But here we are today for you, people. That's right. And we just enjoyed some really delicious tacos. Yes, they were amazing. And I'm not going to butcher the name. I'll La Cochinita. There it is. <laughs> that was the place. Uh, for those of you that didn't watch the pre-show, we, we did a little pre-show yes. on Facebook Live. Uh, out. They were uh, There was a braised uh, short rib taco with a little bit of a uh, – almost like a tzatziki sauce. Uh, it was a, like a pickled onion. Yes. That was amazing. Uh, there was also the shrimp taco. Which was with uh, pineapple, and the shrimp was nicely grilled, so that was awesome as well. And the first one was the Al Pastor. Absolutely. And the Al Pastor was uh, fantastic. So they were all amazing tacos. As you had mentioned, homemade. Uh, they make their own shells. Everything authentic. Uh, no Taco Bell. That's so, right. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I think the only time we'd ever consider having Taco Bell on here is if for some reason Ethan Page decided to join us. <laughs> I hear he's a big Taco Bell fan. He does, I, he does love Taco Bell. I think he also wouldn't know the difference. I mean, he's Canadian. They don't have good food there. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's true. We went, we went to Denny's, and he ended up getting – he ordered pancakes with peanut butter, was it? Yes. But it ended up being an orange whipped cream. And when he asked about it, he was just like, this isn't peanut butter. They're like, oh, no, it's peanut butter flavored. But it was like and, – <laughs> and we, we tried it, and it was literally like orange cream. It was. But quick, the quick Ethan Page story – a quick Ethan Page food story. Oh, sure. absolutely. It definitely absolutely. connects. Um, we were doing uh, 350 Fest, which we're doing here in a little bit. Freelance, I should say, mm-hmm. is going to be at 350 Fest again here in uh, August, towards the end of August. We were doing it last year, and Ethan Page was on the show, and we were there really, really, really early and talking about maybe getting some food. And I'm like, oh, we should go across the street. I think there was a Pops, but I think there was also uh, Portillo's not too far, like three or four different places to get a beef. Yes. And I'm like, let's go get an Italian beef. He's like... What's that? What's that? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, it's a, it's Italian beef. He goes, yeah, but what is it really? I'm like, 
No, that's what it is. Because we have what's it called? <laughs> I'm like, no, it's called an Italian beef. It's beef on a roll. And, and he's like, I don't get it. I had a I had a very similar experience <laughs> with uh, James Drake. I uh, sometimes sometimes I do a pickup uh, for you know freelance. Yeah. Go pick up the guys and uh, Anthony Henry, James Drake. They're, they're yeah. pretty hungry, so you know Anthony. The workhorseman. Yes, the workhorseman. Anthony Anthony Henry being a body guy, you know, he's like like listen, I don't we eat very differently, obviously. So <laughs> what do you want? He's like just chicken breast or whatever, obviously. Anyway, so I look at Drake. I'm like, what about yourself? He's like. Man, I'll eat whatever. Long story short, we went to Portillo's. He loved it. He was like, this is amazing. I forget. You know, I know <clears throat> Chicago pizza. We always talk about Chicago deep style pizza. Yeah. That's a Chicago thing. I forget that Italian beef is pretty much a Chicago thing too. That, Definitely. You know, it's really regional. Not everyone else knows what Italian beef is. So. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for, for uh, Ethan Page, one of the things that cracked me up was uh, when he was when he was at the show – where PCO was was on the show as well yeah. at Freelance, uh, Henry ended up having to drive them back to the hotel. And we were all going to go out for tacos. So we're like, you guys want to go out for tacos? And they're like, no, not really. So we get in the car, and uh, we're like, okay, well, they were hungry. We're like, well, where do you want to go? And Ethan was like, is there a Denny's around? We're like, yeah, no problem. I'm assuming that's the wrestler go-to. It is. Denny's or... Denny's, Waffle House, IHOP, like anywhere like that. That's that's the big go-to. Because eh, it's I, the same everywhere, right? Right. You know, Pretty you, much. You, it's really safe. You can get exactly what you want, most likely. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but, not but, the biggest fan in the world, but. What the th- the thing that cracked me up though was so we're on our way to Denny's and he's like, "Hey, you guys, how mad would you be if I order tacos?" <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, enough about Ethan Page. If you want to hear about more about Ethan Page, he's gonna to have to come on here. But uh, that's anyway. right. We've given him enough uh, public whatever. Yeah. So Kirby. Yes, that's me. Said so you had your tacos. I did. You're drinking your diet Pepsi. Yeah. You even got a free toy out of the deal. Yeah, I did. Uh, Noel hooked me up with a uh, Thor and Loki uh, kind of chibi Toki Doki looking uh, type of thing here, and it's pretty cool. It's going on the shrine. Speaking Chinese, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. No, all right. So uh, New t- Japan, pay attention. Yeah, we're international, baby. So Kirby, tell tell, tell us about <laughs> you, man. Uh, tell <laughs> us like, you know. Is this wrestling has been like a lifelong thing? Did you pick it up in your late teens? Did you love it like as a kid? Like what? When did the young curbster get into it? Yeah, I've been into wrestling probably since uh, five, six years old. I'm uh, awesome. in my late forties, forty six now. So I've been I've been watching wrestling for forty years. That's awesome. Um, it was the one thing my dad and I didn't have a great relationship. Okay. Um. He wasn't really ready to have a kid, didn't really like having kids around, took care of me, did everything right by me, but just didn't like having me in the house. Okay. Thought kids should be outside, not around bothering him with whatever he's trying to come do. Come back when the lights go on. That's pretty much it. It was like, you know, get you, you know, come home. It wasn't even worried about me doing the homework. Just go outside, and then I couldn't come back in until he was asleep. Oh, wow. Um, but the plus side of it all is – the one thing we connected on was wrestling and uh, he'd be watching wrestling and I would just come in and I'd park myself probably about two feet away from the television 
And uh, the first memory, as I think back to this, the first character I can remember seeing, it may not have been the first one, but was Junkyard Dog. Nice. Like, that's my earliest memory on TV with my dad, is seeing JYD. And uh, so grew up... uh, Watching all of the shows, you know, I had to put rabbit ears on the television to get, uh, you know, UWF and AWA and NWA and uh, watched uh, everything I could possibly get. There was a lot more wrestling on television at the time because of the territories. Right. So all the territories had shows. That's all I was going to say. You remember the the territories fondly. Yes, absolutely. And uh, AWA used to run the Hammond Civic Center. I'm from Hammond, which is right over the border in Indiana. And they used to run the Civic Center all the time. And my dad would take me to the shows. Um, Great story. Met uh, Moose Cholak, who uh, was a local worker, but, you know, had a little bit of renown to him. I don't think he got out too, too far out of the Midwest. But in the area, he was a big deal. He was a massive dude. uh, You know, here's little me coming out of a wrestling show. And uh, my dad knew the guy. And... uh, you know, he walks up to me and, t- and engulfs my entire head no in way. his hand. So his palm was touching my chin and his fingers were touching the back of my neck. No way. So literally engulfed my entire head. And I'm a, you know, I'm a big Jesus guy, so Christ. I was a big kid. Yeah. And, I wasn't, and I wasn't a baby. I was at least six years old. Yeah, so yeah. massive, massive hands on Moose Cholak. Wow. But yeah, going to the AWA shows, uh, grew up on Dick the Bruiser, The Crusher, Baron Von Raschke, Bruiser Brody, The Sheep Herders back when the yeah. – uh, uh, the Bushwhackers, the bushwhackers yeah. were, were a bloody, crazy, <laughs> violent uh, tag team. Uh, Abdullah the Butcher, uh, Bachwinkle, the Road Warriors, uh, probably my first real, real love was yeah. the Road Warriors. That's yeah, amazing. I mean, and it, it was a different time. They would come out, you know, they would rip people's programs in half, you know, and just destroy stuff. And, you know, it was, it was amazing. There was a, a near riot. Uh, another cool story. I'm going to... That's what I'm here for. Keep going. Absolutely. Um, So I got to meet Road Warrior Animal, uh, I want to say it's about 10 years ago now, and uh, I had my story in place I was going to talk to him about because I was at the Hammond Civic Center the night that they caused a riot. Um, The people just went nuts on him and were throwing chairs and everything. Uh, They were facing uh, Larry the Axe Henning and a very young, maybe in single-digit matches at the time, Kurt Henning. And uh, they had him tied up in the ropes with his neck stuck in the ropes and were laying into him with with chairs. He's a bloody mess. And uh, the Civic Center rioted and went nuts and chased him out of the building. No way. And uh, so, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Nuclear. It it was... it was amazing. I was front row. I'm trying to climb over the guardrail. <laughs> My mom's trying to climb over the guardrail. Security's holding us back. I mean, it's just, it was insane. Little baby Kirby's going to kick me in the shin. Right? <laughs> and uh, so I have this story all set, and I'm going to talk to him about it, right? And uh, so I walk up to the table. This was in California. I went to some California uh, convention. And I walk up to the table. And I mentioned where I'm from. I'm like, yeah, I'm you know I'm from Hammond, Indiana. And boom, he tells me my story before I could tell him. Uh, He's like, were you there the night they rioted and got us out of the building? And da, 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 da. I'm like, he just took my story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually it was it was cool, but in a different way because he was on the same wavelength. Right, me. Like, but he, he, no, he, he got his side of the story too. though. Yeah, that's so, pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, so we chatted it chatted it up. But yeah, so. 
goes way, way back to, you know, the territory days, watching everybody I could possibly watch. Uh, the Von Erics were really big for me at that time yeah, as well. Um, loved all the Von Erics. But uh, the one guy, the guy I think that made me love wrestling the most was uh, Dusty Rhodes. Um, the, the, the charisma, the character, uh, the fact that he wore, uh, not really effeminate clothing, but that he mixed it up a little bit with the boas and everything. It yeah. just was really, really flashy. Um, I, I got every wrestling magazine you could get at the time and there were a lot of them at the time. Now I don't think barely any of them exist. Yeah, there's a handful. But you had, you had PWI, you had The Rustler and you had probably a dozen others at the time and my dad would pick them all up for me and bring them all home and I'd rip out all the Dusty Road pictures. That's awesome. Um, it, and every picture was different. He was just... You know, there was just something about him, and then and then there is there's, there's something definitely and about then, And then you hear him talk, and it's and it's a whole nother level. Yeah. You know, uh, terms like you know the you know belly welly and the pay window, and if you wheel, and uh, yeah, I was sold whole hog, and my whole life I've been a huge huge Dusty fan. Got to meet him at a IWA Mid South show, uh, fifteen years ago now probably, awesome. and. Uh, yeah, yeah, hell of a guy, hell of an influence on the business. I think a lot of people know, but I mean, I'd wager to guess that 50% of the guys that have come through NXT in the past four years, oh, he yeah. probably named them. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you know, they all come through and he's like, you look like a Bocephus, and like, boom, you're Bocephus now. You know, it's yeah. like his influence, the things he created, uh, the things he did backstage, you know, in WCW and later in WWF, um, a hell of a legacy. Hell of a legacy. Yeah, Dusty Rhodes is one of those um, few characters in life where I've never met, obviously, uh, personally, but I just feel like a connection to them. Like, just seeing old Dusty videos, like, there's there's almost like a sadness there. Like, I, I like it's weird to say, but like, I love Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. But I never met him. Yeah. Like, when he passed away, like, I was hurt, like, if I lost a family member. Yeah. Uh, I felt the same way about Chris Farley, another guy I never yeah. met. But, like, you just have that connection. Like, there's just something about Dusty. Uh, he was magic. Yeah. Crazy story, and I, I'm going to have a dozen of them. Uh, I was in the building when Chris Farley died. I was in his apartment building. No way. Um, he was at the top of the cock, the yeah. top of the Hancock, and I was working for Rock 103.5 at the time, and they sent me up to the grocery store for something. I think we needed bananas for a promotion because we were going to have people do foul things with bananas at a bar. <laughs> and uh, so we didn't have any bananas to so, like, go up to the grocery store, and the grocery store serves the uh, apartments that are up there as well. And... Um, I go up there and I hear the two people at the cash registers talking that, yeah, they just found Chris Farley dead. And uh, yeah. went back downstairs to the radio station and told everyone, they're like, no, there's no news of that. Oh, two minutes later, news. it came through the wire. Oh, Look wow. So it was, it was the rumor in the building. And then, like, wow. all of a sudden, bam, it came across all the news wires. And, uh, yeah. So it was, that was a really weird feeling. That's really, crazy. Yeah. Really, I really can imagine. That, that's, to, to this day, like, for me, like, in no one was like, that's one of, like, such a uh, tragic ending. Like, it's yeah. such a sad story for me. Yeah. Just to, it's, uh, not that this is about me, but, like, I, I tell people, I, I used to do improv at Second City, and my instructor, he uh, he actually taught Chris Farley and them. And, oh, very cool. And he shared, like, quite a few different stories yeah. about them. And, like, you know, like, guys like Chris Rock and David Spade and Chris Farley. And uh, it's it always really cool. 
But uh, you know, I guess all the talent went way too, went way too soon. But yeah, yeah. but like I said, that's that charisma, that big man charisma, of Farley and Dusty to get back on track. You know, Dusty was the best. Speaking of Dusty, do you have a Dusty impression? Uh, I, I did a, my my if, I, I heard, if, if you will. Okay, I, I heard I heard the little I heard it. I was like, let's see let's see what he got. Well, well, okay, so four. One of my favorite Dusty stories uh has to do with actually Keith Lee. Okay. Um. Keith Lee, who just debuted in NXT yeah. this this past Wednesday, uh, you know a lot of people that that go to indie shows they they know him they know how great he is, but this is his third time around with the WWE, uh, and he was in NXT when Dusty was there, and the whole bask in your glory came from Dusty, yeah, and you I, can just hear, baby, I just wanna. Back in your glory, like you know, and yeah. the way Keith Lee tells he he told it on the the Colt Cabana podcast, and I was just like, like it gave me chills. I was like, yeah. So every time like when we were chanting "Bask in His Glory," I'm like, man, that's absolutely 100 percent that was Dusty. The other the, the other thing that that I wanted to bring up with Dusty was meeting his son. So you meet Cody. <laughs> you meet Cody. I, I haven't had the opportunity to meet uh, um, Dustin. But I did meet I Cody. Think, I don't think I'll ever meet Dustin. He has me blocked on Twitter for some reason. He's Uh-oh. notoriously Oops. blocked for some reason. But I don't troll people on the internet. But that's Especially not one of Dusty's story. boys. No, um, nothing but respect for the whole world's family. But you can else. you can tell that co- what tree Cody grew up under because he is – if you've ever had the opportunity yeah, to talk to him, he is a class act – he engages you. He makes you feel like you're the only person in the room. He is a professional. Yeah. Like, like it, it, it's amazing. And you just look – and I, I told him – the first thing I said to him was just like, I have so much respect for your family. And and then there was a crowd of people aligned for him because he was the draw. This was at an AAW show. Sure. And uh, he talked to me for show? like 10 minutes. <laughs> He talked yeah. to me for like ten minutes, and we talked about you know all sorts of stuff. It was a it was a great experience, but you could tell that you know like he got that from his papa. It was yeah. pretty cool. Cody, I, I met him at that show. I talked to him at that show. I talked to him probably about a month earlier at a uh, PWG Pro, Pro Wrestling Glory uh, show out in Southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. But uh, just before that, uh, I can't think of the name. Uh, Blitz, Pro Wrestling Blitz, okay. uh, was doing the baseball shows. Yeah. And right. uh, so they brought him into one of the baseball shows, and I went just to see him. Okay. And uh, so I took my daughter with because she knew that I was a big Dusty fan, and I explained to her who Cody was. And uh, so she thought it was cool that we were going to meet Daddy's favorite wrestler's son. And she thought that was really cool, and she likes baseball too. So we went to the game, and uh, I get there, and I'm talking to Tony Scarpone, who is the promoter of that particular federation. We won't go much further. But he's like, oh, hey, I should have gotten a hold of you. I don't have anyone for tonight. And uh, I'd never worked for him before. We almost got a deal together at one point and it kind of fell through. Mm-hmm. But uh, I told him, like, I'll still do it. I'm like, I, d- I don't have any gear. Like, I was wearing a Progress t-shirt, um, a David Starr taunt hat, <laughs> And uh, so I'm like, I'll still do it if you don't mind the way I look. And he's like, yeah, 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 you know, you'd be saving me. So I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, you know, I can bring my daughter ringside. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 no problem. So she's sitting right next to me at the ring. And uh, fast forward, Cody Rhodes is the main event. And uh, so, you know, we met him beforehand. Like you said, just 
he gives everybody the amount of time they need. You know, yeah. we talked to Dusty. We talked about we had an upcoming trip to uh, Japan coming up. He, we talked about that, and he just, you know, no sense of urgency, no trying to get rid of you so that the next paying customer can right. put money on you. Absolutely. Sale. Nothing like that. Just talked and talked and talked until the conversation was over. And, uh, and Darby, you know, was just over the moon because he's just a really nice guy. But uh, so his match comes up, main event. We're sitting ringside. His match ends, and uh, he comes around. And he's too sweeting everybody. This is before <laughs> yeah. the uh, indictment or whatever it is. Uh, the cease and desist right. came down on the on the too sweet. <laughs> and he's too sweeting everybody. And some of the fans are telling my daughter like, you know, too sweet him, too sweet him. And they're showing her how to do it. So she throws it up there, and he, you know, he taps her, and then just out of nowhere reaches down, grabs her. Picks her up, puts her on, puts her on his shoulders, and parades her around the ring. Oh, sets cool. her down and walks off. That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, here's the magic of wrestling. You know, wrestling is one of those amazing things where you, you know you have to suspend belief yeah. and everything else. And uh, you know, if you allow yourself to get into it, if you allow yourself to to suspend belief, like I said, and allow yourself just to enjoy, it's one of the most amazing things in the world. That's why we're here talking about yeah, it, right? Yeah. That's yeah. why people are listening to us right now talk about it because they get it. But I had that moment that really reinforced that for me. So as we were leaving, my daughter and I were walking, you know, to the parking lot. And she goes, Daddy, I don't think there will ever be a better day in my life than this. That's cool. And that's what wrestling does when it, it is, works. Man. You know? Yeah. When it does what it's supposed to do, that's what it does. It makes connections. It, make, it makes lasting impressions on people, especially the No, year. it really is amazing. And, really uh, is. you know, I, I love for her to be able to have that and for her to be able to have that with Cody. Yeah. Right. When I have that with Dusty. Yeah. Like, Ah, like you know, it's all full circle. That's yeah, like, it's, it's, awesome. it's, it's absolutely amazing. So, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you ever saw that uh, that I don't know little short film, uh, wrestling isn't wrestling, but no. he uh, he ends it with saying, you know, talking about, you know, yeah, I hate wrestling because I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan. Like I hate it because I'm a fan. But anyway, he uh, one of the lines, and I'm sure Noel knows where I'm going with this, but he says, you know, when wrestling is bad, it's bad, but when it's good. It's fucking great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, there's been times where something happens on Raw or SmackDown or just on a show, and it's just like you have that wrestling high, like that was amazing, and all you want to do is talk wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, even sometimes, even sometimes when it's bad. It's not that bad. Right. It's bad because of what we know. Yes. It's, it's bad because of how much we've seen, uh, right? And when, you, and when you've seen a great level of something, mm-hmm. you can recognize a bad level of it. But when you don't have that discernment yet, which 5 to 10 to maybe 12-year-olds don't have yet, right. yeah. bad wrestling is still amazing wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I've taken my daughter to some shows, and I won't name anyone's names oh, because right. they're still good shows yeah. because they do what they're supposed to do. They cater to that audience. And it may not be the best work rate. It may not be the best mic skills. It may not be the best wrestling at all. Yeah. But the kids still get into it, and that's all that matters. It, yeah. it, it, so like, it, so honestly, even when it's not that great, it's still pretty darn good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, they're not going to cater to uh, us, quote-unquote, old guys. Yeah. You know, you, you got to cater to the kid. And, yeah. you know, that's that's a realization we've we've all had to come to. Yeah. Uh, they got our money. We're we're yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, we're in. yeah. We always kind of that's that's a common thing we talk about is like they they already have our money, especially when we're talking about the the big guys like WWE. It's like they've got our money. They don't need it. Like sure. so, like they're not they're not out to please us. Right. They're out to please 
you know they're out. That's why Brock Lesnar has held the the title for 500 days is because <laughs> they're trying to get they're trying to get somebody you know that watches UFC to to pay them some you know give yeah, them some money too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. So we we got the we got the beginnings of you like of uh yes. you know you that junkyard dog is the first guy yeah. you really remember seeing and yeah. you got that love for Dusty Rhodes. Um, now let's fast forward a little bit. How did you get into where you are now? Because I said you're the voice of Chicago wrestling. Uh, we see you at a lot of the local shows here. And, uh, you know, before we even kind of started talking personally, like becoming friends, I think we're friends now. Sure, sure. Um, you know, there's always that voice like, man, like this guy is killing it, you know. But, like, before this, like, did you did you ever try wrestling? Is there is there a promo picture of a younger Kirby oh, in a single somewhere out there? Um, so I don't. I don't think there's any pictures. I never. I never had a match. So oh, let's say that. Okay. Um, I did train. Talk to me. So Kirby. let's see. Um, trying to put some things, some life things in mind, and try to, to hit a date. So oh, it was, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, probably the late '90s, so '98-ish. Um, I trained for about a year, year and a half with a group called uh, RWA Ringside Wrestling Alliance. Uh, some of those guys that ran that are still running uh, shows in Indiana. They're ARW now. Okay. And uh, so some of those guys are still running shows. And uh, I trained for about a year and a half, and I was horrible. I sucked at it. Um, I couldn't take my bumps right. Um, I couldn't, you know, my back bumps, I was landing on my head. I was landing on my hip. I mean, you know. You're hurting yourself. Nature Boy could do it, but he was doing it at the end of his career. I wasn't trying to start my career right. taking a bump on my hip. Mm-mm. And, uh, you know, I, I knocked myself silly multiple times uh, landing on the back of my head. And uh, my, I can tell you my character was going to be. I was going to be uh, the Mad Mongolian. The Mad, Mad Mongolian. Mongolian. My finisher was going to be the Asiatic Spike. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, remember, we're talking almost 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Literally. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, I just, I, I wasn't any good. And, and I, I tried and tried and tried. And then I got in a car accident and mm. broke my hip. Well and so pretty much the decision was made for me. Gotcha. Um, I wasn't going to try to start a career on a broken hip. Right. And uh, so got away from it. Uh, probably spent three years, four years away from it, uh, but started going to shows pretty regularly. Um, the company that got me into independent shows is IWA Mid-South. Yeah. Uh, Ian Rotten started running in Highland. And um, I probably went to, I think, the second show that he ran in that area. And he was bringing the product uh, north from Louisville. He had been running in Louisville uh, pretty much exclusively mm-hmm. until then. And he brought the product to, to Highland. And that's where he had the, uh, what, 2004 TPI that's still looked at as one of the greatest uh, tournament shows. And uh, so I started going to those shows. And that's what got my love for independent wrestling. Awesome. Um, at the time, you know, Hero was there. Punk was there. Uh, Samoa Joe was there. Quack was coming in. Um, He was using a lot of the Canadian guys. So PD was there. Uh, Alex Shelley was there. Jimmy, a young Jimmy Jacobs was there (laughs) in an amazing feud with uh, Spider Nate Webb. I want to say it was a best of seven. And they were bloodying each other up every month. Nate Webb recently back. Yeah, yeah. Making a great comeback. (laughs) About it. Um, but, you know, all those guys were there and more. I mean, I'm, I'm probably missing so many names that came through IWA at the right. time. And uh, I'm going to probably say an unpopular thing now. But, you know, a lot of people 
have a very, 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 very bad opinion of Ian Rotten. And uh, you know what? For many of them, it might be earned. Maybe the reality. It, you know, it, it very likely is uh, reality. Uh, I ended up working for him many, many years later, and I'm jumping ahead in the story. I'll go yeah. backwards. But uh, I ended up working for him, and uh, he never did wrong by me. Uh, you know, as a fan, he was always really cool to me. As a boss, for about the two years that I worked for him, uh, was really, really cool to me. Just seemed like a genuine guy. A little bit of an odd, odd, oddball, but it, that doesn't matter to me. Is it kind know? of all the wrestling world filled with oddballs? Though? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, they're all they're all yeah. a little weird. Yeah. You know, people are surprised that there's bad people in wrestling, and it's like. What did you want him to be, a, a brain surgeon? I mean, right. you know, this is, it's an easy thing for them to get into. And uh, I'm not saying that he's a bad person, but I, no, I that, is a, that is a very popular opinion of him. But uh, not mine. And uh, whereas now he may not be quite as relevant, I know a lot of people will make that argument, uh, at the time when he was doing those shows, the amount of stars that came through there and were made there and, you know, rose up through there, just, I, I mentioned them, Hero and Punk, and, you know, right. certainly, certainly they did other things. So who's who? Ring of Honor, you know, certainly had a hand in a lot of people too, but so many people made their start in uh, IWA Mid-South when he was starting to run up uh, in Highland and the Midlow Dome and Joliet. And uh, so I was going to all those shows. Now to get back on track, yeah, yeah. I was going to those shows and, you know, really big fan. Uh, any show he did, I traveled. If he was in Detroit, I made it over to Detroit. You know, wherever it was, I made, I wanted to see every show he did. And um, I was on their board, whatever their board was at the time, and Elite Pro had started up. The Tomasellis had, were, you know, were working for Ian at the time and then started up their own fed uh, with Jay Jensen and a few other guys, and Ben Jordan was involved. And uh, Ben Jordan one day posted on the IWA Mid-South board that uh, Elite Pro uh, was looking for a ring announcer for next week's show. And at the time, I had no experience doing this whatsoever, but I was in radio doing promotions and marketing. So I had experience being in front of a crowd, being on a mic. I recorded commercials for WCKG. Um, I was on Rock 103.5 as a freak at a show called Radio Anarchy. I was his uh, co-host or intern or whatever. I get you. And uh, I was Hephaestus, the god of metal. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Hephaestus. And uh, so, you know, I hit up Ben. I, you know, I, I messaged him through the board, and I was like, hey, I don't have any experience doing this job whatsoever, but I have tons of relatable experience, and I pretty much explained to him what I just explained to you, and, uh, you know, also went back through my history of how long I've been a wrestling fan, how much I've watched, mm -hmm. and I said, you put the two together, and I'm your guy. And he's like, fit. yeah. And uh, they're like, you know what? Come on out, work the show for free, and uh, you know, we'll see. It's a shot, okay. right? Yeah, you know, but it, it, you know, and they definitely downplay it. And I get it. You're like, oh, yeah, come on out, try, we'll see, blah blah blah. You know, I'm sure they had no expectations whatsoever. And uh, you know, I went out, cracked the mic for the first match, came back, and they're like, you're our regular guy, and they paid me that night. Oh, so wow. uh, yeah, so that was my start. Um, Elite Pro. And uh, Lee Pro was running um, Oak Forest, I want to say it is. 
not park forest. Maybe it was park forest. Forest, I, park. forest park. Right. You can you can make a thousand different towns yeah. Yeah. all in Illinois <laughs> yeah. just using oak forest and park. And Jeez. maybe throw an elm in there and you got another million permeations, right? So anyways, uh, they were doing these shows and they, they ran solid for about two years and uh, just stopped running. They, attendance was going down a little bit and I'm sure there was other things in play. And uh, they stopped running, and Vanguard, uh, VWAA, Vanguard Wrestling All-Star Alliance, um, started running that same building. And uh, Ivan, he's one of the camera guys here in Chicago, okay. and uh, he hits me up on it, and he's like, hey, they're, uh, they're looking for a ring announcer. Can, you know, can I give him your name? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So they hit me up, and I think I did maybe their third or fourth show in, at this venue. They've been around a couple years already. And, uh, you know, did that, rode that out for probably three or four years uh, until, you know, Vanguard went through a, a big change. They quit running shows for a couple months, came back. And when they came back, I always say this, uh, Jordan Pride was the sole owner, sole owner at this time. Uh, he had kind of taken over the reins of it. And uh, he was putting on the best wrestling shows that no one ever saw. Because <laughs> for whatever reason, he wasn't getting butts in the seats, but he was bringing in like a lot of Chikara guys. He was bringing in, you know, uh, the Sex Babams, who are now uh, uh, the besties. Oh, um, okay. He was bringing yeah, them that. in. He bring in a very, very, very young uh, two-star heroes. They hadn't even earned their fourth, fourth star yet. Wow. Um, and... Uh, and also, I, uh, at that time, they brought in these uh, two young guys from uh, Great Britain. They, you know, uh, Pete Dunn and uh, Mark Andrews, I think their well, names were. And, uh, and, 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 you know, Progress has had an amazing show last weekend here, we were talking here about in that Chicago. Earlier, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, people didn't really, you know, they had the uh, Defend, Indie, Defend Indie Wrestling brand, and uh, Nick's had brought them over, and they were staying with Nick's. And uh, they did that Vanguard show as well. And, you know, they were getting Matt Cage, who had just come out of uh, AEW at the time. And uh, they were just getting all these great, great talent that were putting on phenomenal matches. But whatever didn't click, they weren't getting butts in the Where were they running? Um, At the time, it was Peoria. Is that right? We bounced around a lot. I know we did a show in New Lenox. Um, I want to see we're possibly running out of Peoria. Um, you know, other things played into that too. Uh, jealousy of other promotions. Uh, promotions are already always trying to get other promotions shut down. I don't get it. Right. Um, I understand that there's a lot of wrestling in Chicago, and a lot of people would make an argument that there's too much wrestling in Chicago. Um, some people will make that argument very, very, very vehemently. Right. And, uh, you know, there's probably some, some good truth to that. But, uh, you know, at the time, eh, there wasn't as many yet, but they seemed to keep pop- be popping up over and over and over. But, you know, if you want to beat someone at the, at the wrestling business or any business, in my opinion, do a better job. Right. Yeah. Yes. Just do a better job. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're Ford, you're not trying to get Chevy shut down. You're just going to make a better car. Absolutely. You know, maybe you'll undercut them on price a little. Maybe you'll do something different, but you're not going to call – 
you know, the Better Business Bureau and say, you know, that they, you know, they've got rats in the dining room <laughs> of Chevy just to get just to get Chevy shut down. Right. You're going to do a better job than them. And, you know, it's a matter of pride. Ideally. You know, you're going to try to. You know, right. That's, that's going to be your goal is to outperform them and, uh, and, and, have a, and give a better product. The wrestling world seems to struggle with that. Um, they, you know, they, they, they think they have a better product, but they don't want to rely on that alone. Right. And uh, there's some uh, underhanded things that happen. Sure. And uh, trying to get shows shut down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, I think there's a place for everyone. And if you're putting on good stuff, people are going to come watch it. If you're putting on crap, no one's going to come and they're going to go away. It's kind of like natural selection. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know? <laughs> 100%. Uh, you know, and, and, it, and it ebbs and it flows, too. Um, I mean, just us personally, um, we, were, we were huge, like, did, didn't miss a show, AAW. Yeah. Like, it was because that was a place to be. Uh, how long ago was this? Maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. We're talking Gargano and and, and Champa, Hero. I mean, everybody was coming through AAW, and and then all of a sudden it kind of became the same show over and over. And we're not knocking AAW; yeah. they put on a great product, and we still go. Sure, but um, freelance became home because freelance started putting on shows that were more interesting and bringing yeah. in. It was a different product, you know, and it's it's a matter of you know. Like you said, you know, just do better. <laughs> uh, you're gonna you're gonna be bringing people in because Chicago is. I mean, and this is nationally internationally known. Chicago is a wrestling town. Absolutely. Um, there are there there. I mean, there's. It's not a coincidence that All In is going to be right. in Chicago and yeah. you know in, in and September. And so many wrestlers have gone on record as saying their favorite place to work, well, or at least one of their favorite places to work, is Chicago. Right. The crowds are the crowds are rabid. They're amazing. Um, so yeah, so I did, uh, so that was Vanguard. Mm -hmm. And then after Vanguard, I want to say came, uh, a, a, no, what do we call it? It was a, a amalgamation of AAW and Vanguard. Okay. And we were supposed to basically be there, um, NXT. And, uh, I think that lasted about three shows. Um, the management of Vanguard and AAW weren't really clicking, and uh, the idea got scrapped. Gotcha. So uh, I did those. I think I had done a couple shows for Danny, uh, Danny Daniels, AAW. Mm -hmm. I did a couple shows for him probably previous to that. Um, didn't do any, haven't done any shows with him after that. Uh, and then I just started kind of, you know, got pickup calls here and there. I did a couple of Dreamwave shows. Uh, and then Nick's was starting freelance, or I had started freelance, and I don't know who we had on the very first show because that's the only show I didn't work. Um, and then for the second show, he hit me up because he knew me through Vanguard, and uh, I went over there, started doing that, did about three or four of those shows, and Bryce Benjamin, uh, B. Rice of the N Words, mm -hmm. right, uh, hits me up. He's like, hey, you know, we got free, or not freelance underground, we've got underground at right. the time. And uh, he was like, you know, what would it take to get you over here? We talked. I ended really up over nice. there. So uh, I moved over there, started doing that. And throughout this time, uh, you guys know me almost primarily as a ring announcer. Yeah. Um, I was doing ring announcing and commentary. Uh, oh. Most times at the same time and sometimes oh, by myself. 
So it, there's many of the elite pro shows where I would, you know, ring announce, run to the table, <laughs> do the commentary, run back up and ring announce, and sometimes do it as a one-man show. Sure. Um, but uh, did you know did commentary all the way through Vanguard as well? Did commentary in uh, Underground? Went kind of back and forth between commentary and uh, announcing. And uh, yeah, and then what Black Label Pro started up over in uh, Indiana. Right. They got a hold of me. I started doing those yeah, shows. Um, so yeah, it's just you know the phone calls. I I, I turn down shows now. You know I, I love I absolutely love doing no, those shows. But I also love my family. Yeah. And uh, I want to get a little time in with them. You know I I could, oh Golly I picked up uh, Golly Lucha Libre. Uh, uh, so I do those shows, and those shows seem that they run like eight days a week or something. <laughs> they um, do. I, I love Carlos. I love Gali, but it's hard to get to all the shows. Oh, it's a lot of shows. It's, it's hard to work the shows. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> well, even as a fan, like, and I love wrestling. Like wrestling, I love it. But sometimes I do need a wrestling break, you know? Like, so, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, sometimes I look at a weekend and be like, I have no wrestling this weekend. Like, yeah. that's amazing. Like, that's cool. And that's just a fan. Yeah. So I can imagine, you know, all you guys working it, you know. So that that's when we're like, why can't these like? Because sometimes there's wrestling shows running against each other. We're like, why can't all these guys get together and be like, you you're running this weekend, and then I'll I'll run this one. <laughs> I know it's not, it's not possible, but right. like, come on, guys, don't give us a weekend without wrestling. Right. You know, and it's one of those things. It's it's really hard because you have to book dates so far in advance, and there's all these different things that play into it. And you know, in a perfect world. They wouldn't step on each other's toes. Why would they want to? Right, they right. would rather have a weekend all of themselves, but it's just it's it not a very easy thing to try and accomplish. Absolutely. For, but uh, yes, I was doing uh, commentary and uh, announcing for the longest time, and now I'm just doing the announcing. I say I do about five shows a month, five maybe six here and there, or, or fourteen, depending on how many galleys running. Love you, Carlos. It's, you know, it, it, and they all have a different, you know, place in my heart and, and, and a different thing I enjoy about them. Right. Um, you know, freelance uh, is my first wrestling family. Uh, you know, th- that those I love those guys. And I love the show they put on. And then you had Underground was a whole different kind of thing. And it was just I love the direction they were coming from. I loved how it felt so homegrown. And, uh, you know, golly, I just, I love because it's just crazy. It's, you know, it it's is. the Lucha Libre <laughs> style, and the fans are just ridiculous. They're, they shout, are. they're shout, shouting, uh, you know, hey, hey, puto. Most favorite. I get it left and right, you know, and, yeah. and, and I just, I just play it wrong with them. I'm like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> I'm the puto. You know, and, uh, yeah, so it's you know, it, so it's yeah, it, it's a ball, man. I love doing it all. Uh, Black Label Pro now has me as their commissioner, so I'm, I I've actually got, I've actually got an on-screen role now. Uh, you know, I, I, I make the matches happen. I, right. I I booked. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see your <laughs> radio. I booked uh, Rock and Roll Express versus uh, Brian Alvarez and. Filthy Tom Lawler, yeah. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. We actually played that out on Twitter. I recorded a bunch of uh, vignettes of me uh, offering up teams to Brian Alvarez, and he was turning them all down left and right. Yeah. And uh, 
I was offering them just the I offered them Strike Force. I offered them uh, uh, the Road Warriors, Animal and Heidenreich. Um, <laughs> I, I offered them just all these crazy teams, the Carnies, uh, we just we, Powers of Pain. I think I just pulled all we just pulled all these names out. And I just kept making offers to them over and over and over again uh, on video, and we we're putting those videos up on Twitter, and then he would shoot a video back, turning me down, saying that these were garbage cool. offers, and he only wanted the best. He only wanted the best and my final offer was the rock and roll express and he accepted the offer and that match happened and i went on vacation and wasn't even at the show oh. <laughs> so I, didn't, I didn't get to see the uh the culmination of, uh, of all my efforts but uh yeah man it, it's it's a be- it's a beautiful thing you know I, i've worn a lot of hats and uh there's not much i would change about it right now you know sure. I, I meet a lot of amazing people yourselves included i'm doing my very first podcast you're breaking my podcast cherry here awesome. tonight and um but the wrestling community and i'll let you guys ask some questions probably at some point but uh <laughs> the wrestling community to me because you know i talk about i've made a lot of friends of course and uh the wrestling community to me is a pretty special place. Yeah. I have, uh, on a regular basis, people at Freelance and, and, and other shows. Uh, there's one gentleman in particular, a fan at Freelance, that comes up to me uh, at most shows and doesn't seem to be the happiest person, seems to have a bit of a hard life. And, uh, you know, always talks to me about, you know, but now I'm here. Now I'm at Freelance. Now I'm with family. And... Uh, you know that again. We talk about the magic of wrestling. It, yeah. This gives him a place. He may not fit in anywhere else, or certainly doesn't feel like he fits in anywhere else. And you know has you know some some social anxiety. But at the wrestling shows, he doesn't because people are welcoming to him. And you know, whereas you know, being a 20, 30, 40 year old ish man who likes to watch guys roll around in their tights is weird everywhere else it is he's not weird there right you know what whatever is weird about him is not weird there and there's and there's a lot of people that are very different from different walks of life and different idiosyncrasies and you know different levels of intelligence and everything else but at a rustling show, it's kind of even ground you know they don't feel weird there they don't feel dumb there they don't they yeah. don't feel ugly there. They don't feel uh, misunderstood by society there. They feel like they belong to something, and that's important. You know, I, and I think that's, that's very special. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there's people that are trying to champion that. Uh, Tom Green, who I know is getting a little bit of heat over this, you know, he's trying to really champion that with with what he does with the Dynamite Cup, and uh, trying to have an act of uh, conduct. A code of conduct in place as far as being an accepting safe place yeah and uh, you know he's taken it to to that extreme um and there's other places that are really trying to do that as well but uh you know i i don't know you know like i said there's going to be bad people there's bad people everywhere everywhere, everywhere you know without you, you a doubt. can't 100 control it i really admire tom for trying i know he's also driving driving himself nuts doing so <laughs> and uh so it's a very uphill battle but he's he's given it a real valiant effort but uh he wants to really preserve what, what i just talked about that community where you know women can feel safe and kids can feel safe and uh transgender people can feel safe and uh, because everyone's watching wrestling now, yeah, you know, yeah. and and it's and not as taboo as it used to be, man. No, I mean, everyone's into it, you know. I mean, like I said, you know, all races, creeds, you know, L- 
the lesbian gay community. They're, yeah. You know, absolutely. And, 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 and like, like that was a hard sell. It's guys rolling around with guys and they're scantily clad. Of course they're going to like that. You know, like it. And, you know, people are surprised, you know, because you have this whole, you know, male, you know, strong alpha male, uh, male-centric vibe to wrestling. You know, it's always been, you know, manly men. And uh, eh, you'd be surprised how not necessarily manly mm-hmm. men a lot of the guys you know right. have been right. through history For sure. and uh you know but that's always been hush hush and everything else and it's not anymore you, you have guys like um effie you know you know coming out and doing what he does yet matt cage who came yeah. out a couple right. of years ago and so the whole culture of wrestling is changing you have women who are not divas anymore they're not eye candy anymore i love that they're not just a side attraction to hit each other with pillows in in their you know underwear you know they they can work and many of them can work against men and uh so the whole culture of wrestling itself is changing so of course the culture of the wrestling audience is changing as well and you know we, we have to pay a little bit of attention to that for sure you know no i i think it's very well said because uh the whole there was a almost you know we're talking about the women's evolution and the women's revolution but i think at some point, very silently, and it just showed up, there was a evolution in the fan base where it became, like you said, that safe space. Uh, we say very often here that wrestling is our escape, you know? No, yeah. no matter what yeah. else you got going on at home or at work or in your married life, whatever, once once you get to wrestling, you know, you are distracted, yeah. and that is your escape. Time um, for therapy. And, yeah. yeah, and, you know, I... Uh, that's very relevant at freelance, uh, especially because, you know, as uh, Noel had pointed out earlier, you know, we love going to freelance. Not like, as they say, freelance is home, you know. Yeah. That, that, you know, and... I, and I, that, wasn't, that wasn't a slogan that, you know, that Matt Nix made up. That wasn't a PR move, yeah. you know. I, I think, it was organic. You know, it, it happened, you know. The, right. You know, guys like yourselves and, and Pac and uh, just everybody else who comes yeah. to the shows on a regular basis... They made it feel like that. Sorry, I had a little gas there. No, but you know, uh, you know, not not to get too uh, mushy about this stuff, but just like um, going to these shows, I've met uh, fan, uh, not fans, people that uh, I now consider friends yeah. that I probably wouldn't have met or talked to if it wasn't for wrestling. Right. You know, like. Now, like, all oh, the unicorns, Martin. I, yeah. love, I love him and his brother, like, they're little brothers to me. You shout know? out Wrestling with Unicorns. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, we shout them out anytime we can. Wrestling with Unicorns, two heels in the face, you know. Uh, we, You know, just all of that. But, you know, I look at Martin. Um, I, I'm, I'm 35 now. And Martin's still a young dude. I think he's 24, 25, 26, yeah, somewhere, somewhere around there. But I see the passion that he has for wrestling, and it's just one of those, like, I feel like he's doing it right. And he's, yeah. like, he... He found his spot, and he's going for it, and he's doing it. And, like, how and, cool is that? And he's another one of those guys, and I don't believe I'm giving anything away because I, I think he's one of those people that wears his heart and his life on his sleeve. 100%. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's another one of those guys that doesn't necessarily feel comfortable everywhere in the world. Yeah. You know, and doesn't feel that he fits in everywhere. But, but he's he the man does in wrestling, you know, oh, and, yes, and, he, and he's doing cool things, and he's helping promote people. And, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Th- that's uh, honestly, uh, I mean – not to go on a on a unicorn's tangent, but that's something what I love about what they do. It's uh, Martin could easily make it about himself, 
or that, oh, I'm doing this for these guys. Never. He makes no. it about the talent and the promotion every single time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's just he loves wrestling, and he yeah. wants to be a part of it in one way or another. Yeah. And he'll go out there, and he'll, you know... I'll use the word brag, but it's not brag. He, he's just so happy. Oh, he's just so proud of the opportunities that he's grateful. being given and grateful. Yeah, there's yeah. that's the right word. Yeah. And he'll so go out and he goes, I'm doing this show now, and I'm doing this show now, and I'm doing this show well, now. he's not bragging. He's no. just, like, excited. And, and there'll be people out there that don't get it, that right. don't know him. And, uh, you know, you, you've got a, a lot of armchair warriors who like to sit back and, and you know, hit the keys and, you know, say things. Of course. And they don't know what they're talking about. But, uh, oh, no, he's genuinely one of the nicest guys in the business. And uh, the boys, for the most part, you know, realize that. I think, that, you know, yeah. they, they love him. They're getting a lot of free publicity out of him. And, uh, you know, he's putting some great clips out there for them. And yeah. that's, that's a great promotional tool. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I've said before, uh, once again, not to put them so over, but it's just like if I had a promotion, I would love to have the unicorns there because they're spot. They have, one, they have a really good following on social media. He's done yeah. a very good job at that. And, you know, he's spotlighting talent. Yeah. And the skills have, like, just progressed. Yeah. Like, he, with, and now with his brother doing, so they're doing the two angle shots yeah. now and everything. I mean, it's. And those are ridiculous. Yeah, they're great. They really are. Enough about Martin. Let's get back yeah. to Kirby. Kirby, so, <laughs> Kirby, I'm, I'm, go, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reel you in here. All right. I'm gonna ask you, uh, fans from the, uh, questions from the fans, fans from the question. Uh, Caleb, aka Andy Two Juice Long, <laughs> he says that you guys. bro. I just waved them off. I waved them off. <laughs> I've been dying to do this. <laughs> Don't edit this out. Anyway, I'm getting really close to the microphone like a freak. Anyway, uh, Tuju says, Kirby and I have a crazy history together. Actually, I knew him way before we were in the biz. He also witnessed one of the most, one of my most brutal injuries in wrestling. So, what happened? Yeah, yeah. so... Uh we knew each other before either of us got in the business. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe we used to, uh, he used to hang out at the comic book store that I worked at. And we used to, we used to I think, uh, hang out at the same game store. So we knew each other from that community. Gotcha. And uh, we knew that both were wrestling fans. And then he got into the business. And uh, I was going to IWA Mid-South shows at the time. And this was one of the only times that they ran, I want to say it was Portage. It was either Portage, Valparaiso, something like that about a half an hour, 45 minutes over the border in Indiana. And they ran maybe one or two shows in this building, and they were doing a uh, war games gimmick. So I, I imagine most of you out there, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what it is, but it's two cages put together. The NXT from last No, I'm kidding. <laughs> right. Yeah, they created it. Yeah. Um, a dusty creation. I think it was, it was a dusty thing. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so they're doing a war games gimmick, and uh, they're tying it into uh, taking over the company – uh, Jim Fannin at the time had his faction, and Ian Rotten brought in his faction. And there might even have been a third faction involved at this time. I can't oh, wow. remember. But uh, they, so they did this whole big War Games gimmick, and uh, so the match was over, and Andy Long is walking towards my, myself and my grandfather. I was taking my grandfather to shows at the time. Okay. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about that. In a he does mention too. that he saved your grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> so he's standing in front of us. Yeah. And uh, someone is celebrating at the top of the ring, and I'm going to forget who right now. But uh, for whatever reason, F 
I think it was Fannin, decides to throw a chair at oh, the no. person, totally whiffs, oh. misses the person. The chair goes flying out of the cage of and out of nowhere. From me to you right now, yeah. this is how close, like normal conversation length away from people. Caleb and I are standing talking to each other, and I watch a chair come and hit him square in the top of the head. Oh, shit. So, Caleb? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So he just takes, and he takes the rim of yeah, the chair. So like, he takes the rim of the chair right into the, the center of his head. The hardest part of the chair. And, uh, you know, kind of waves it off. I don't know if it's adrenaline <laughs> or whatever. Like, you know, it hit, it hit him. Like, did that just then, happen? And he's like, and, you know, and, and that's the point, you know, like, if, yeah. he, if he hadn't been right there, the trajectory would have went right into my grandfather. Oh, so no. that's the story there. But then all of a sudden, he's like, starts to feel a trickle. Oh, and man. then, like, just blood starts pouring. And I believe he went in the back and either got glued up or stitched up. He ended up with multiple stitches. Come on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was, it was, you know, you, you see, you see injuries happen in the wrestling ring. And, you know, even, even if you're in the front row, you're, you're only so close. There's, you know, three or four feet easily of space and then wherever they're in the ring. So you're, you, you know, you're, you can be three, four, ten feet away from the action and still see it really close. But this literally happened six inches away from my face that I watched a guy's skull get cracked open. Um, Yeah, it was pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Wrestling! It was so metal. Yeah, so a lot of these questions come from two culprits, uh, Andy Long and D-Ray. I'm going to switch it up and say D-Ray. D-Ray says, Henry, ask Curry about his favorite indie show of all time. Favorite indie show of all time? Um... Or maybe a match that you saw in the Indies. Yeah, you know, uh, Joe versus Hero. The first time uh, they faced each other, and it was in Highland. It was IWA Mid-South. What did they do? (laughs) I I don't know. know, I'm not going to say that it started there, but the whole idea of doing the dueling chants was Mm. was probably very, 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 very new at the time. Okay. You know, it, it, it could have started that night because I, I don't know that I had heard it before. Okay. But uh, or or it was you were you were starting to hear it. You know, let's go so and so, let's go so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but that night from bell to bell, let's go hero, let's go Joe. It didn't stop. Really? It didn't pause. Like, even during the other matches? No, I don't, no, just for that match. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay the yes. Higher T of that you. match. Yes, yes, I mean, yes. you know, you guys go to a lot of matches. You do a lot of chants. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you feel like you've chanted for more than 30 seconds, for <laughs> no. more than a minute, for five minutes, no. without stopping the entire building for the entirety of the match? I'm probably going to say it's a 10-minute match. Let's go, hero. Let's go, Joe. That's pretty crazy. And it was just, it was insane. And they put on a phenomenal match, and just the electricity from I that. I hype the boys uh, up. You know, how can you not, right. you know, be on 10 when, when, when someone's chanting for you like that? Where just, was that? Uh, Highland. Highland, Indiana. Uh, I forget the name of the venue. Um, what was the promotion, though? You said it's I Yeah, I do. Oh, I do okay. Really miss we have, may have yep. to look into this. Like, that just sounds awesome. Yeah, I want to say... Uh, Somewhere between 04 and 06. Okay. Yep. Wow. So, yeah, that was, you know, and, and there's a lot of them out there. You know, there's, there's a lot of memories, a lot of shows that I've loved. But, uh, yeah, that, you know, the 2004 TPI I mentioned earlier is, yeah. is, is one of my favorite shows. Um, but that match, you know, for it was just for everything, how, how it all came together, not just the working, but the fans and everything else. Yeah. It was like a perfect storm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's pretty cool. 
And that's where we'll put a pin in it for episode 3, part 1 of Wrestling Talk and Randomness Presents Let's Talk About Wrestling. Part 2 will drop next week, and you won't want to miss a second of it.